0: Amen, we're, I don't know, but I had an awesome time in our Spanish service, and I feel the presence of the Lord in this place, I really do, I feel the presence of the Lord, and we're so happy that we had an, an awesome conference this weekend, amen, and uh, we had Sister Gary, the pastor's wife in uh, Modesto, California, we had Sister uh, Katie, also a translator, amen, and then we had Sister Marissa Garcia, Amen, whom i have known for. I don't want to say a long, long time because I'm not that old, Amen. But, Amen, before she got married, Amen, met her father in in South Texas, Amen. I, I was a board member back then, and and we uh, got acquainted with her family, and thank the Lord that we meet. And, Big activities and they've always been a blessing. Uh, her dad was a national evangelist for our organization, pastor. So we thank God for Pastor Garza, Amen. And uh, she's gonna she's gonna minister to us. She's gonna minister to us. But we're second at second back here. Second. Come on over here. Uh, I'm gonna just take five minutes, okay? And then you're gonna minister. you minister. No, I want you to sing because I, I was going to sing, but it seems I, I don't want to scare people away. Okay. Uh, no fear, just precaution. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. Uh, listen. Because Sister Marissa is going to minister right now to us. But here's the thing. I preached in our Spanish service the continuation of Galatians. Uh, and it's it's something how God wants us to progress God wants us to be progressive people he wants us to grow he wants us to mature and a baby can't help a baby amen Uh, don't you dare leave your little baby with with joy there Joy, Joy will have fun. Amen. amen, amen. But then, Joy has a bigger sister. Amen. But don't abuse that either. All right. Uh, uh. Abigail, she's mature. Amen, since, since I got here. Since I got here. She was, I think, a junior when the children still. But now they can entrust her. See, even with a car. And I seen she was driving you the other day. Say, I, I, I. He trusts her. He, he, he trusts her. But that's how God is. God wants to see us develop if you, you look at chapter 5 because the church of Gal- that was in, in Galatia what, what was happening was it was a, a church that was rooted in, in culture they, they changed from a pagan culture to a religious culture and the enemy had them bound and they changed to a religious culture and the religious culture just brought in the law. Everyone say the law. Amen. And and the law will inflict in you fear. Right? Because you've done wrong, so you're fearful of the law. And that's what the law did in the Old Testament. So it kept people in line. Right? Let me just put it to you. I've given this illustration to you. When everything is alright in your life and you're driving down the street and you see a policeman you can even turn and smile. He's the law. But when your insurance is not up to date or your tags are past due you begin to pray. And you begin to say, God, close their eyes, Lord. Close their eyes, God. Close. Am I saying the truth? I've been there. And that's what the Galatian, the church in Galatia was like. They just switched from one, but they were still living in fear. So Paul is telling them, and I want you to go home and study this for yourself. He gives them the sight of the law. And he tells us this law prevents you because there are desires in you. There are desires in you. That's like at First Peter tells us 321. What does it say? Now baptism does save you, but not taking away the filth of the flesh. the thing is this church we've got to release ourselves and the only way we can be free is if we go back to Galatians chapter 5 because in Galatians chapter 5 he says now manifested are the works of the flesh and they are adultery fornication there are uh, uncleanliness uh, immoral uh, uh, morality correcto and all those things that are in you, right? Jealousy, wrath, amen? Selfish ambitions, and all these things, those are the, and those are destructive. But then it gives you the other phase, but now this is the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, oh, self-control. Self-control. So how does this come about? And then we go to verse number 24, and I know I've got just that, but listen. And those who are, What? have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So now it's a new life. Everyone say a new life. It's a new life. That's what me starts off by saying, I have been crucified with Christ. I live no longer, but now Christ lives within me. Okay, so now, so, I'm going to just take you to a second phase because I got to leave this with you before Sister comes in and, and, and delivers something some God has placed in her heart. Amen. Are you with me? Okay. Uh, now, you're going to sing that song again. Because he, he, now, let's go back 24. Let's go to 24 because this, this is the key. And those who are, I am Christ. I belong to Christ. I don't belong to myself no more. I belong to Christ. But you, know, you don't belong to yourself no more. And as much as Sister Terran wants to belong, say you belong to her, I mean, you belong to Christ. As long as you think that Sister Terran belongs to you, she belongs to Christ. And Christ is not selfish, so he just shares with you. Okay? So, so now, listen. And those who are Christ. You belong to him. Okay. Now, now, go with me to 1 John chapter 4. And the message is going to be clear here. 1 John 4, 11. And I want you to see with me. Beloved, if God so loved who? Us. Us. Everyone say us. Us. We are also, or we also ought to love what? One another. Everyone say, one another. Chapter 12, I mean, verse 12. No one has seen God at any time. If we love what? God abides in us. And his love has been perfected in us. So now we belong to Christ. We belong to Christ. So now it's in us. So this is where I want you to go. You go back to chapter six of Galatians and you read it this week. And it tells you how you're going to show the manifestation of maturity. Ah, that God has given you the spirit of reconciliation. You don't put your brother down. You love your brother. You lift up your brother. Yeah, you, I wish I had a witness in the house right now. When you do this, listen, you show maturity. And let's go to six, number one, six, quickly. First, first, uh, first I mean, uh galatians 6 1 galatians 6 1 brethren if a man is overtaken in any trespass in any sin in any sin you who are what spiritual why are you spiritual because you belong to christ now you can restore everyone say restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. You're not here to condemn no one. You're here to uplift someone. Let me say, you're up here to lift, uplift someone. So I gave a testimony, and this was my testimony. I was driving down Central in Albuquerque. I was driving, I had been there only two, about two years. And all of a sudden, this man got converted. This man came to Christ, and hey, you know. And I was driving down, and all of a sudden, I seen this man walk. I knew had been converted so far. I so but Oscar, I seen him walking down the street. I said, so I went around, the corner, went around the corner. And when I saw him face to face now, he said, throw it down. And man, he turned colors red, white, and blue. And I got off. And he started saying, Pastor, I've been tormented by this habit. And I'm not going to lie to you. And he felt so condemned. And I said, listen, you don't have to feel nothing. God is going to take care of you. And from this day onward, you don't have to be tied down to that anymore. Because God loves you, and I do too. And I told, and I will tell no one of this. No one. So you don't even know. I'm just giving a testimony of what happened. I will tell no one about this. In other words, what I said, I'm not going to reveal you to no one. But God is going. So every time that you feel this. I'm gonna help you through it. To this man, to this day, that man is serving the Lord. The the thing that most people do is condemn and damn people. Damn them to, they're lost. No. He says, you've got to be spiritual to restore a person. In the spirit of gentleman, gentleness. Now, let me tell you something. That's the reason that God has set us free. You remember chapter 5? Stand firm in the liberty with, wherewith Christ has set you free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Every spiritual person in here say, Amen. amen. You're so modest. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're so modest. Amen you know why? Because we say that with assurance. We're spiritual people. I said, we're spiritual people. Don't be afraid. We're spiritual people. And God has given us the spirit of what? Reconciliation. Ah, if I have it, you can have it too. If I receive it, you can receive it too. I don't have to live in fear no more. You know why? Because he loved me. And because he loved me, I'm a child of God. Yeah. And because I'm a child of God, I do away with all fear. Sing it. Sing it. You me ah.
1: With a melody
0: Sing it, church. You surround Believe it? Of deliverance. A deliverance. My I've been set free. is going to come, amen, she's going to sing, give a testimony, speak to us from her heart, amen, and we're just going to, we're going to, we're going to praise the Lord, amen, we're going to praise, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord, everybody, you all can take your seats.
2: Thank you, thank you. There is such a wonderful Ambience of worship in the house of God. But let's just give God a round of applause because He's so worthy. We're we're here to worship Him, bless Him. I was talking to um, to brother, I would say Vic Second, and I was telling him, you know, in our church, our our vision is to um, start an English service. Bishop was saying uh, in the Spanish service how the demographics in our area in Bellingham, Washington are, there's a population of 95,000 people and out of, and out of that population, only 7% are Hispanic. And my husband and I, we come from a very, very, um, we're very rooted in our Mexican culture. And we speak and we're, and, and, and we, we're ex- our English language is extensive because we were born here, we're American citizen, but our culture is Hispanic. And so it's been a challenge for us in in the state of Washington, especially where we're at. We're the border city of Canada. And um, and so it's been really hard to transition. And I was telling, second that I said it, isn't there like a, a such a different ambience like a shift the, the culture is so different and he says yes yes it is the English is so different than, from the Spanish and, and as I was worshiping I said wow it doesn't make one better than the other it doesn't the thing is that there's just so many different ways of how to worship and I just feel that in in the in the english there's just there's such a contemporary feel like i like this whole service i have felt such a peace and i feel like the lord is just so amazing because he manifests himself in so many different ways and, and to believe it or not i feel so comfortable and i said you know what i'm going to give my testimony but i'm going to i'm going to do it sitting down because i cannot stand my toes simple as that And I just said to myself, you know what? John the Baptist broke so many protocols. He ate crickets and dressed in camel's clothing. Jesus broke all the protocols on the Sabbath and healed the lame that could not walk. And everybody ridiculed him and criticized him. But you know what? You know, we're just break- We're just such a progressive congregation that we're just gonna love on God today. It doesn't matter if we're standing up and it doesn't matter if we're sitting down, we're just gonna worship and receive what God has for us today. And I wanna thank, um, well, I know he's your pastor, but he's my bishop. And I want to thank First Lady, Sister Ophelia. I want to thank them because they've been such a blessing in our lives, just as much as to my husband, and my children, and myself. And like Bishop was saying, I met, um, I, I had the privilege of meeting Bishop, I think I was 17. And um, and he was on the on the national board, on the general board of our organization. And he was delegated to go fix some situation over there. And I'll tell you one thing. Um, is that Bishop is so, he's such an advocate for justice. He, he has such a passion for justice. And I just, I'm so grateful for men of God like him because I was reflecting on, on that in the Spanish service and I was saying, you know, it's because of men like him that I'm still here. you need that, you need to see, and God knows my heart, and I feel like I needed that at such, at such a tender age in my life, in my walk, I needed to see that there is men of God that advocate for justice, and love justice, and love God, and are passionate about people, and just genuinely love the kingdom of God, and I could reflect that as he was pouring out his heart, and teaching on Galatians, and on mercy and on arms of compassion and how the church is supposed to be the arms of compassion for one another and everybody that walks in that door needs to feel the grace of God needs to feel the mercy of God and I am just so unorthodox in the way that I am I'm, I'm just not in my little box and when I when I go and I pray for people from, for the ladies and that's that's my area ministering to the young ladies and the the married ladies, and I pray and I always put my hand right here over their chest because at a young age there was one older lady that she prayed for me and she didn't have. She didn't have words. She didn't speak eloquently. She wasn't structured. She was just an intercessor. But I could just feel the anointing coming out of her pores. And when she put her hand right here, God healed me of so much bitterness. And sometimes we need, for us, for us the church, we are so logical, so human, that everything, we, we process it in the logic and the natural. And so if you look at the New Testament, when Jesus comes and he manifests himself in human flesh, he always connected the tangible to the supernatural. Always. He was God's sovereign, all-powerful, almighty. And he was preaching and there was a multitude of people and the, and the word of God says that there was such a huge multitude of people that it was just 5,000 men not including women and children so we include every husband with children and as we know Mexican my grandmother had 16 so if you can imagine every husband with the wife and their family then we're talking about 15,000 people that were there And the disciples come to him and they're like, the people are hungry and we don't have anything to feed them. What are we going to do? And they go into chaos and they go into panic because we exaggerate, right? And Jesus says, you know what? I I need something to create a miracle. Not that he needed something because he's all powerful and he could have said the word. He said, let there be light and there was light. That's how powerful my God is. Anything that he says, it comes into reality, but he needed to connect his people from the natural, from the, he had to use something tangible to connect it to the supernatural. And so this young man comes and all he had was two pieces of fish and five loaves of bread. And the Bible, and the Bible says that Jesus uses that to multiply it, to feed the multitude the thousands that were hungry that were sacrificing themselves under the sun to hear the word of God and I tell you one thing if you have come with something so small a very little faith God uses the small to multiply and do something great with it and so so for me, I, I gave this testimony earlier today, and I was telling second, "What do I? What do I? Do I testify? Do I use? A, to give another testimony?" He says, "No, no, sister, go ahead and 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 give the English congregation, you know, what you spoke in the Spanish." And and two weeks ago, and I know this seems so. Um, Bishop was talking about um, maturity, and so this might seem just a little immature, but just stay with me, okay? Because I'm going to be open and transparent as far as my weaknesses as a mother. Um, so, my husband and I, we we've we've been this year very busy, and God has been calling us. And if there's one thing that my husband and I have been united in is whatever God has for us, whatever He tells us to do, we're going to do it. We're going to be in the will of God. We just want to be in the will of God. We were in in so many dark areas in our marriage as we were as as we evolved. We got married at 21. And we we had it all. We 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 definitely poured out uh, poured into ourselves in our careers. We had a house in Texas, a five bedroom house with a huge pool, and it was just what we wanted, with the American dream. But we were not happy, and and, and there was times that we even brought up the word separation, you know, in our marriage. And it wasn't until we completely surrendered to God that He started. To fulfill his purpose in our lives and when we did we went to Washington and you know we're still in a we're still in a very small four-bedroom apartment nothing compared nothing compared to the comfort that we had in Texas but I will tell you one thing this is the happiest we've ever been in our lives being in the satisfaction of being in the purpose of God for what he has called you to be and so this year You know they've been calling us to minister Uh, my husband um, by the grace of God is helping out on the national men's board as a secretary and this year I finished four years as a district uh, ladies federation president over there and so we're very busy in the work of the Lord and and this last month we traveled every weekend and it just so happened that this week, my parents, I was so grateful for my parents. They were from, they're in the state of California now, pastoring in the state of California. They were in Washington visiting. There's my beautiful family. There's my husband. There's nobody more gorgeous, more handsome than my husband. Please say amen to that. And then there's my daughter, Melody. She's 13. And then there's my son, Malachi, and he's 14. And, uh, my son is such an adventurer. He loves hiking. He loves mountain biking. And I gave him permission uh, to go with a team of bikers and they went, mount- they did their mountain biking and they have, they do these trails. And, um, Before I leave my home, I knew my husband was going to be on the same day we flew out. He was going to be traveling into Houston, Texas. I was going to be traveling into Los Angeles. And I will tell you one thing. Before I leave my home, I pray and I plead the blood of Jesus over my family, my children. I always declare that the angels of the Lord are encamping around my family and my home. I believe it with all of my heart. And even when there are times that I don't, that in my weakness moments I I don't believe it I just say God I am still going to declare it and I remember that I felt a peace when I left and I put my phone on airplane mode when when I was on the flight traveling and as soon as I took it off airplane mode all of the messages started coming into my phone and it was my mom and she was sending me messages and Malachi was coming down with a group of bikers um, off the mountain and he tried to jump on his bike and he came tumbling all the way down and his head hit a rock and he says that at the minute that that he that his head hit the the big rock he says that he completely um uh, blanked out he completely blanked out so immediately they called and they took him you know into to the emergency and um x-rays came in and they they found a fractured um fractured shoulder they they uh, he had broken fingers on his right hand and so on top of that my mom took off his shirt when he was in the hospital, and she started sending me all the pictures of his back and how he had completely scraped all of his back and all of his legs. And so I started crying, I started crying because the last text my mom sent me was the doctor says he's gonna need surgery. They already referred him to a plastic surgeon. And I just started crying and then the first lady picked me up at the airport and she says, are you okay? And I said, no, and I showed her my phone. I said, oh my God, my son's at the hospital, this is going on, and she says, but he's okay. And I go, yeah, he's okay, but I was still crying. (laughs) You know, like, let me have my moment, right? And then, um, and I was so, so, um, distracted that, that night was going to start the conference and I was the speaker for that night. And I was so distracted. We were eating. And even as I was eating, I wasn't fully there, you know, in the conversation because I thought so many things. And the one thing that I was telling God is this, Lord, I made a commitment to you. And my husband made a commitment to you, and we were united in this, that you and I were going to serve you, and that if you said, go, we would say, amen, I'm here, send me, I am your servant. And the one thing that I asked you was for you to take care of my family, and I am not there, and my son needs surgery, and he needs his mother, and I will not be back till Monday so I was I was upset and I was dialoguing with God and I was giving him my frustrations and I said I do not want my son to be bitter I don't want my son when he grows up to say okay my first time that I was in the hospital that I had broken bones my dad was preaching my mom was out and they were there for I do not want to feel what I felt when my parents were in ministry that's not what we Discussed. that's not what what i wanted what i asked you when i took on this challenge to serve you and be an ambassador of your word and encourage here i am encouraging women here i am speaking live to the mothers and and my son needs his mother and i'm not there and that was my conversation with the lord and it took a while for him to respond And he finally responds and it is in such a graceful way. And he whispers into my ears, do you not know that you are a target for the enemy? Do you not know that Satan has been trying to kill you and your seed? but because I was present, because my angels were there, your son did not die. That accident was to kill your son. He had one mission and it was to kill your son. And I am so grateful to God because the ER doctor spoke to my son. And he tells my son, Were you wearing a helmet? And my son says, yes, doctor. And he says, do you know how many accidents, biking accidents I've treated this week and some of them have been fatal? Mm -hmm. He told that to my son. He said, son, you are lucky. And I told my son, no, son. Luck has nothing to do with it. Mm
0: -hmm. We are so
2: blessed by his grace. (laughs) I learned something so beautiful from my son this weekend, that weekend, because our church goes live on Sundays and I ministered at the, at that local church that weekend. And I was unable to be at my local church and my son, he says, mom, the doctor says I can't move my shoulder and I can't move my fingers at all. And he said, what the brace that we put on, um, and the, I guess it's called a stint. He said, um, it's not like the one that the physician's gonna put on you on Monday, so I need you to be very careful. And so my son says, mom, he says, I'm not gonna be able to play the bass for months. And I says, well, you can't. And he says, well, who's gonna play? And I said, dad, he goes, dad? And I go, yes, dad's gonna have to play. And so I put my 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 phone on live after the service they were on. I got all excited. And the brother that was recording, he was recording from the back to the front. And the pastor and his wife were next to me, and we were waiting to be s- seated at a restaurant. And I'm looking at it, and she's look, as the pastor's wife is looking at it with me. And both of his, he had, he has, he had both um, his arms. I don't, I don't, know if you could put the other picture on. The doctor told him, I don't want, I want you to sleep with it, and I do not want you to take it off. But he had both of his arms. If you put the other picture on, he had both of his his arms like this, right? So you see him. And when he's worshiping from the back, he's like this. You know? And the sister was so impacted. The first lady was so impacted. And she said, honey. Honey look at her son look at the way that he's worshiping God look at him like this you know and it was such a proud moment and I was with him and I started to cry I started to cry when I said I'm sorry and he goes oh it's okay I know it's a mom thing pastor Ruben says I know it's a mom thing I started to cry because sometimes we miss the bigger picture sometimes our problem is so small and so tiny and it really is not as no comparison to how huge and how big our God is in our lives and we miss the big picture because we drown in such a small trial and such a small problem we're drowned. We don't see the way out, and you know what? They're self inflicted wounds. They're self inflicted wounds. Because the first thing that I should have done was worship God in that moment because He saved my son. But sometimes uh, in our humanity in our immaturity sometimes our faith is so small that's why the Word of God says faith comes from hearing and hearing of the Word of God and that's why each day we need to be fed Uh, every day we need to be fed by the Word of God because it's the nutrients that goes through our spiritual life that keeps us healthy and that weekend was 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 a weekend of reflection for me and today with with his fractured shoulder and his broken fingers he was on the calendar to preach for the very first time at our local church today and my husband gave him the option and said son if you don't if you don't want to we'll leave it for the next time he says no daddy i'm gonna do it and i was showing I was showing Bishop the text message that he were in a group text message with with my mom and my dad. And he puts there, please pray for me because I am preaching today. And so right now, the service started at 1.30 over there the same time we started here. So right now that I am ministering to you, he's preaching the word of God in Bellingham, Washington. And that is how great my God is. And so one thing that I have present in my walk with God and one thing that I told my God, two weeks ago, I made a new covenant and I renewed a covenant with God. I said, sorry God, because sometimes I forget this, but I am reminded and I will renew my vow and my covenant with you. I am gonna worship you no matter what. I am gonna worship you in my weakest moments. And I'm not gonna question you anymore. I'm not gonna ask because you know what? I understand that you have my best interest at heart. I understand that you love me so much and that nothing that comes my way is ever gonna break me. You know what? Satan took everything away from Job because he did not know that Job's everything was God and Satan can't take God away from you he can touch your finances he can he can touch your family he can touch anything else he can he can touch your body health wise he has access to it yes he does but he cannot touch your soul your soul belongs to God he cannot touch your spirit that belongs to God and he took everything away from Job because he thought I took everything away from him but little did he know that Job's everything was God and when you have God and when God is your everything let me tell you something everything is going to work out for your good everything because all things work for the good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose and everyone here today has been called by God with purpose and so today I leave you with this In every moment, in every season, in the weakest moments of our lives, even in our fears, even in our securities, we need to learn how to love God and how to just worship him and how to bless him. And no matter what's going on in our lives, we just got to bless him.
1: you i live to worship you i live i live I live
0: We surrender to you, I live. We submit to us. I, live, I, live. I surrender. Thank you, Jesus. You know, our life should be a life of worship. Worship is reverence. Adoration. Surrender. That's the reason Jesus said the hours come and the hours now when the Father is seeking for true worshipers. Worshipers that will worship in spirit and in truth. Not praisers. not But worshipers. Worshippers, people that can't surrender, they can't surrender, they can't, they can't, I can't, I will, I surrender it all, it's all for you, withholding nothing, withholding nothing, withholding nothing, withholding nothing. Withholding nothing. Nothing, everything is yours. Very... Everything. I want to worship you in spirit and in truth. Oh, the Adomokaita. Oh, Lord, I worship you because you have taken all fear away from me, God, because you made me your son, I will endure, God, because you love me, I will love. You stated in your word, and this they will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another give us that understanding to become true worshipers that you've taken care of us in the past you will take care of us in the present and you will take care of us in the future thank you thank you Jesus thank you Amen. No matter what we go through, God is, God is with us. God is with us. God is with us. God is with us. It doesn't matter what we go through. God is with us. Amen. Aren't you glad we have that assurance? Church, we are secured in Him. We have total assurance in Him. It doesn't matter what you're lacking today. He's got what you need. He's got what you need. He's an awesome God. Yes, He is. God bless Sister Marissa. God bless her husband. God bless her children. God bless their church there in Washington. Amen. God bless their ministry there at the mine. God be with them. Amen.